Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to read today from the book of Mark, chapter 4. This is one of my favorite passages um, to preach out of. Uh, Jesus' parable of the sower sowing the word. I love, uh, I, I believe this. There's, there's a, there are keys in here that if you don't understand, a lot of other things don't make sense. And Jesus even said so when, when he begins to tell the parable and then his disciples asked him about him and he said to him, he said um, in verse 13, he says, know you not this parable? How then will you know all parables? And so there's keys in here. But there's something I want to talk to you about, about how to receive from God's word. You know, there's many people who are, have been around the things of God since young. You grew up in church, made to go to church. Some of you, that hasn't been the case. You're, you're new around these things. You'll notice someone who's new to the things of God, someone that it's not like they just got invited to a church service, but someone who gets born again. There's like this excitement about the things of God. Man, we're going to church. Let's go and, and press in. Let's go to a Bible study. Let's, and they're just like all about it. Why? Because they realized there was something missing that I tried to fill, especially when people tried to go out in the world and fill this, these things. There was something that I tried to fill that I couldn't fill the way I was going. But now I can get around the things of God and I have peace that I've never known before. I have joy that I haven't known before. And they realized this is a source of food for me. This is like, this is what I've been waiting for. And so there's this excitement to the things of God. And then they listen to preaching and it's like, man, well, other people just don't pay attention or kind of whatever. Oh, I've heard this before that, that, that there's an excitement and that's really the way it's supposed to be. And so we'll see this here through this parable. So let's start, um, uh, before I get um, ahead of myself here. So it says, and he began again to teach. This is uh, Mark 4. Let me hop down to verse 3, and it says, um, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it has had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and a hundredfold. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he says, um, the sower sows the word. And then uh, verse 15, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Satan's job is to oppose the Bible. When you understand that, things become clear. You see that anyone who 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 is a is people who don't who aren't in line with the kingdom of God are going to oppose what God says. Yeah, I know. You know, I you, your church may say that God can heal you, but you know, science the facts are these, right? They're going to oppose the word of God. If the if the devil can get you to back off of Psalm 91 during this time of this coronavirus and knowing, man, God protects me. No, God keeps, you know, you'll even look in the news. Pastor who says, pastor who says he's protected gets coronavirus and dies. Like there's a, there's a spirit of antichrist in the world that's there to oppose and attack the Bible. And so, so you see that you see even the way people teach, uh, people teach evolution. You know, there's, there's things that are, that are, there's a few evidences that strongly oppose evolution to actually totally disprove it. But most people don't know that because you actually have to dig to find out because evolution is a religion of its own. Um, it's, it's, it's something that makes it that 
it's the the scientist proof that God doesn't exist, but there's so much proof against it. Most people who are the smartest people in, in science don't believe in evolution anymore. They, uh, hey, this thing was created. We don't know how. Maybe some alien race created us. But, but it's, there's a, there's, the devil's job is to fight against the word of God. And so the attack comes against the Bible. And, and so you see that. But it says here that, that Satan comes to steal the word from, from the hearts. And, you know, you have to be careful because this is obviously talking about in a salvation sense, but it's also talking about just every day. You know, if there's someone who's preaching and he, and like the other day, I talked about, uh, talked about a, um, having a savings account. And then I, and I read a couple verses about the fool spends everything that he has, right? And God will bless your storehouse. And so you can hear something like that and think, man, I, I'm, I'm, I've been believing the Lord to pay for my bills, and I feel like I've barely been getting by. What do you mean, believe for a savings account? Where where the, the where Satan will come and immediately steal the word of God that's been planted in your heart. And so you 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 look at the word very carefully, and you listen to the word very carefully, knowing that the devil's going to try to oppose it every time right away. He's going to try to steal the word right away. Because if I tell you, you know, it's possible for you to walk in perfect health all your life. The devil's going to then remind you of somebody, maybe a family member who loves the Lord, believes in healing and, and, and has a disease they've dealt with. Or maybe because you, there's something wrong in your body that's been that way since you were a kid. Oh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I've been struggling with this. And so you, so you just, you don't receive the word. So I'm going, to te- I'm going to show you something in the word on how to properly receive the word when it's preached. And so he, he comes to immediately take it away. And then it says, verse 16, and these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. You know, there's a key that's in there that's almost doesn't seem to be like the main part of it. You're looking at, we look at the persecution and affliction that arises, but it says in there, that it tells you how to properly receive the word. It says you, when you receive it, they immediately receive it with gladness. Say that with me. Say immediately receive it with gladness. That's the way that you have the word benefit you. When the word is preached, get in the habit of immediately receiving it with gladness and rejoicing over the word. Because when the word comes forth, like how about this one? The Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3, I'll keep him at continual perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. Man, the thought of that, you're telling me that I can, I can have no worries, I can be at peace, I can know, that, yes, that's what the Bible says. So instead of saying, man, I hope that's possible, man, one day that'd be great, what do I do? I immediately receive it with gladness. Hallelujah. Father, even just to know that that's available, Lord, I thank you that if anyone's going to experience uh, peace of mind, I'm going to experience peace of mind. Lord, if anyone's going to walk in that place of being at perfect, continual peace, Lord, it's me. Lord, I receive your word, you, and you re- begin to rejoice rejoice over the word. This gets lost a lot of times because our church culture is just be quiet and, you know, yes and amen and nod your head. But there, you, you rejoice over the word like it's a treasure. King David said that. He said, I've rejoiced over your commandments like a treasure. I treasure them more than gold and silver. And so there's, there's something where you look at the word and say, man, of everything I have on planet earth, I, I'd rather have the word than anything else. The word means more to me. The word is my inheritance from God. The Bible says, uh, Paul, I think it was Paul in, in Acts said, now I commend you unto the word of God and to his grace, which is able to 
build you up and to give you an inheritance amongst all them that are sanctified. The word of God builds you up and the word of God gives you an inheritance. The only reason I walk in, I have peace of mind is because of the word. The only reason I don't have stress in my life is because of the word. The only reason I have a good marriage is because of the word. The only reason I walk in health and the only reason I lay hands on the sick and they recover is because of the word. And so there's an inheritance that I've be- I'm just beginning, man, I'm just getting started that, that I'm receiving is because of the word. So you receive it with gladness. And so, yes, persecution and affliction can come, and we'll talk about that. But the, the, the way you receive the word is that you immediately, not let me think about that for a little bit. You just rejoice because thinking happens in your head. Rejoicing happens from your heart. So people wonder why, how come, man, that person just gets revelation on the word? I feel like I struggle to understand and have revelation because you're, you, you know, you can meditate and that's, that's such a powerful key, but you don't just, it isn't by just strenuous thought that, that you get revelation. It's by connecting your heart to the word. So the way, one of the ways you do that and the main way you do it is through immediately receiving the word with gladness. And so next time someone's preaching, you know, through his blood, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And, and you can, you can do that one of two ways, man. I've heard that verse voice before. Amen. That's awesome. Or you can, from your heart, just from your spirit, hallelujah, Lord, thank you that I have forgiveness of sins. And you begin to rejoice from your spirit, man, and let it come out your mouth. Father, thank you. Even if you're in church and you're doing this, you close your eyes. Lord, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Lord, and you're just quiet, but you're doing, you, you rejoice over the word. You treat it like it's the first time I've heard it and that it's my treasure. Man, I have the forgiveness of sins. You know what that means? That means I can be confident towards God, that when God looks at me today, there's nothing that's keeping me from his presence. That's nothing that's keeping me from receiving from him. There's nothing that's keeping me from walking in peace and joy and the power of God. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm alive to you. Lord, in you I live and I move and I have my being. What am I doing? I'm rejoicing over the word with gladness. So when the word is preached, don't treat it like, oh, I need to think about that. I used to do that where I would process it through my mind and I was like, well, I need to spend time. And you can do that. You can spend time thinking about the word. That's that's called meditation. That's awesome. But you immediately receive it with gladness. Immediately receive it with gladness. There should be rejoicing when the message is preached. Now, I'm not saying you have to be loud and obnoxious, but, but rejoice in your heart. Lord, thank you. Lord, your word says that you translated me out of the power of darkness and, and translated me into the kingdom of the, your dear son. Hallelujah. Lord, I've literally been translated from one place to another, from spiritual death to spiritual life. That means I'm alive. Hallelujah. What am I doing? I'm rejoicing and it, and the word's settling down into my heart. And that's where it benefits me. You know, allow yourself to take time just to praise the Lord. I, I, I've had a camera system in my house for for some time now. And so I was going back through my phone and there was a couple of clips that I found of me, like before I was married, just dancing around my house and the security camera picks it up, but me just going for it. Why? Why? You let yourself rejoice. Rejoicing isn't just an African Christian thing to do. Rejoicing is part of being a child of God. If you say, man, I don't ever rejoice, then that's a problem. Well, I don't feel like rejoicing. I'm just not my personality. Rejoice until you feel like it. You, you praise God. Don't wait till you get to heaven to rejoice. Receive it now by faith. Receive it. It's, it's almost like the word comes and sits like ready to be grabbed. And either Satan grabs the word or your mind grabs it 
and like holds on to it for a little bit and then lets it go because your mind can only process so many thoughts. So unless it's the same scripture being talked about for an hour, hour and a half, or your spirit man can grab it. And if your spirit man can grab it through praise, praise is like the action that, that is the, the hand of your spirit reaching up and pulling the word into your heart. And that's where it begins to bring forth fruit. The Lord will speak one word. Like for me right now, it's been, this is your, this is our greatest hour. I'm believing that in every area, in my ministry, in my marriage, in finances, in every area, it's our greatest hour. And I've taken that word and that word is producing. So I think every day, Lord, I thank you. It's our greatest hour. I thank you, Lord. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Lord, I walk in power. I walk in victory. I walk in with with divine direction. Hallelujah. What, What am I doing? I'm rejoicing over the word of God. And so when you have the opportunity to hear the word of God, don't take it lightly. Rejoice. Rejoice. Be like one. That's how you move forward in the word, is you rejoice over the word, and then you continue in it. And then it says, affliction or persecution arises. So what happens is, just to finish this, this, this verse, is the devil will test the word. The devil will send the, the devil will send something to see if the words you see if you cling on to the word. And so this is why the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways is because people get in the spirit and they're in church and they're under the anointing and then they hear the word and then they get excited, but then they don't know how to stay in the spirit. And so they leave and then they're in the mental realm. And then for them, faith isn't in the mental realm. Faith is in the spirit. So when you're in the anointing and you're praising and you're worshiping, you get over into the Holy Ghost. It's like faith is easy. Lord, I believe your word. This is going to be the best year yet. And then you get back and then you see your circumstances and you're back in the mental realm. And then it's like, man, I can't believe I pledged $1,000 to the building fund, right? I can't believe I said I was going to do that. What was I doing? You're, you're dealing in two different realms. So you just learn. I'm just staying in a place of faith. I stay in the Holy Ghost. Lord, I don't look at what I see. Lord, I look at your word and you stay in the Holy Ghost. And that's how you, you, you don't waver and you're not double-minded. And so when you ask the Lord, you just stay the course. Lord, I ask you for this. I believe I've received it. You spoke this to my heart and you stay the course. Many people just live outside of the Holy Ghost much of the time. They live in the carnal realm, carnal mind, the flesh, where the people who just choose to connect and live in the Holy Ghost and keep reminded and keep themselves plugged in, keep themselves in the right doctrine, keep themselves in the Word of God, the roots go down deep. So when when the trial comes, they say, "No, I'm staying in the Holy Ghost. My roots are going down deep," and 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 then they persevere. And that's the way it works. That's the way the cookie crumbles. God is looking for us to move forward. For many of you, you felt like I have a tough time having revelation in the Word. Start rejoicing. Even be willing to act foolish. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. You said, Lord, that Jesus died for my sins. Sorry, getting a phone call here. Jesus died for my sins. I have forgiveness. I have peace with God. Thank you, Lord. And you begin to rejoice over that. God loves you. I love you. We'll see you on the next podcast.